0: Today is December the 17th. It is for us today, Gaudete Sunday, the uh, Sunday of rejoicing. And so the readings you hear over and over again, this refrain of, of rejoicing, of, of lifting up our hearts to the Lord, of turning to Him in joy. And so it's a, a grace Mother Church wants us to, to lift up our hearts. It's something that in the penitential seasons of, of the liturgical year of Advent and Lent, Mother Church particularly, just around the halfway point of each of those seasons, gives to us these, these rose-colored vestments. They give to us the option of having flowers on the high altar and the sanctuary, which is not permitted during the, the rest of the penitential season typically. And for us simply to, again, to, to kind of have these readings that are much more kind of joyful and home… And they are reminders to us from our mother, the Church, that although there is the need of a time of penance, there is need for us uh, to prepare our hearts. Um, that our penance is is not forever. That there's an end. There's a goal to penance. And the, vi- the the rose-colored vestments are a visual cue that we're we're almost there. And so it's to lift up our hearts in these things. And to this also, uh, interestingly, today the you know kind of a uh, the grace of of December the 17th, which uh, for many people, for those who who don't pray the the Liturgy of the Hours, means it's December 17th, and nothing more, nothing less. But for those who pray the Liturgy of the Hours, the official prayers of the church, it's a special day wherein the, the focus of things changes a bit, whereas until this point, it's just been, you know, the second Sunday or the second Saturday of of Advent or the, you know, the the second Tuesday of of Advent. Today begins December 17th, particular days that are numbered in the breviary. And they're numbered for a purpose, because they celebrate each evening the O antiphons, the O antiphons. These antiphons are are given to us, and they're called the O antiphons because they have the word or the letter O uh, as an exclamatory, uh, a joyful, a joyful shout, um, and then a title of our Blessed Lord that follows. And so, these antiphons are given in the evening prayer of the church. And as always, Mother Church doesn't do things just kind of for happenstance; she plans things so that so that we would find these these little hidden things. All throughout the, the faith and be nourished by them, edified by them. They're not just kind of sitting there in plain sight. I mean, it's kind of like Easter eggs. You know, there are Easter eggs that, you know, we, we don't just throw them out on the green grass and say, well, there they are, go get them, you know. Uh, but you hide them. You put them up high, you put them up low, you put them behind things or inside things. You make people have to look for them a bit to be able to find the prize that's hidden within. And it's the same thing with Mother Church. She doesn't just throw everything right there in plain sight in front of us, but rather there are these mysteries that are present all in our faith. And there are these things that, that she plans and she orchestrates in beautiful and, and detailed ways. But if we're not aware of it, we will miss it. We'll be like those Pharisees of, of whom, you know, John John's looking at them and he's saying, There's one among you whom you don't even recognize is the Saviour. He's right there in their midst, shoulder to shoulder with them. And they don't even know who he is. They can't see. They're not looking. It's for us to, to make sure that we're not of the same status in the life of the church. That we don't simply kind of go, you know, go through the, the box, you know, checking the boxes of, of our faith and, and not allowing the beauty to strike us, not allowing the beauty to speak to us and to edify us, to lift up our hearts. And some other church gives us these O antiphons, and beautifully, there are three different times a day where a, a portion of a gospel is prayed. In the morning, there's the Benedictus, the words of uh, the words of Simeon, or, or of Zechariah, rather. Um, there's, in the evening, the Magnificat, the words of Our Lady, and at night, the words of, of Zechariah, um, of Simeon, rather getting the two mixed up right now. Uh, the, in the evening time, it's him. And so in the morning time, it's a prayer of expectation. In the, in the evening prayer, it's the prayer of Our Lady uh, responding and, and saying, you know, the, the, my soul magnifies the Lord. And it's a, a psalm of praise of what the Lord has done in the night prayer. Uh, includes a prayer of uh, the canticle of Simeon, which is simply, Lord, let me go in peace. I can die a happy man now because I've seen him. I've seen Jesus have seen the savior. And so this is prayed every single day in the life of the church. It's something that that everyone who prays the liturgy of the hours, if you pray it with any regularity, you probably have the thing memorized in quick order because it's every single day. And a beautifully mother church puts this these o antiphons in the evening prayer of the church because our lord has come to us through our lady. It's, a, it's Our Lady who gave birth to Christ himself. And it's Our Lady who in the evening time in the prayer of the church comes to us and gives us Christ again, points us to him once more, he who is to come with these beautiful antiphons recalling who it is that we are to receive. And they should sound familiar, at least, I hope as we go through them. And we'll explain more at the end. It begins today, December 17th. So if you come to Vespers tonight, you will hear this, uh, this antiphon in this English translation. It begins, O sapientia, O wisdom, O wisdom, the Lord God who has created all things, the Lord who has orchestrated and, and, and set the entire universe into existence, set its order, set its structure, made all things that are good and true and beautiful, ordered after himself, He's the one who is the governing principle of all things, without whom nothing can exist, and through whom, the Scriptures tell us, all things exist. Anything that exists, exists because of him, in him, and through him. There is nothing outside of his providence. Everything that the Lord allows is his providence. Anything that happens, the Lord himself is choosing to allow so that something can be brought forth from it. It is wisdom of God, not the wisdom of men. So there are many mysteries that are present in this wisdom. It's for us to entrust ourselves to it. And so we look forward to the day of the coming of that great wisdom, O sapiencia. We call out for the Lord as well, O Adonai, the second one, O Adonai, O Lord. Oh Lord, the sense of of power, of sovereignty, the Lord over whom nothing else has control. There is nothing that is superior, there is nothing that is supreme to the Lord God Almighty. He has all power. He has all dominion. Everything is subject to Him, no matter what. It is to recognize His authority. To recognize that, that he, like the, as, as would later on be said of, of the Lord Jesus, whenever in the midst of his works and of his words, people were shocked because he says, this one is not like the rest. This one speaks with authority. He has dominion, this Lord, O Adonai. O Radix Yesi on the 19th. O Root of Jesse. It was said that the promise given to David that there would be one that comes forth from his line who would rule forever, a king from whom the scepter would not part. He would have eternal authority, eternal rule. And yet as the kingdom went on, not very far after the life of David himself, it fell to pieces. Exiles happening twice, conquering by other countries multiple times. Exile, everything seemed to be lost. The root of Jesse, or the tree of Jesse, rather, cut down. No more seeming, you know, heirs coming to the kingdom. And yet the people understanding that, that there's something, There's the promise of God can't be nullified. And from what seemed to be a dead stump, a root simply lying in the ground, up comes one who is was assigned for the people of hope, a sign that the Lord God will fulfill his promises he will fulfill everything that he has said, even if we don't understand it, and even if it takes a little while. The Lord is never outdone. He is the one quietly giving life, coming to bring new life to the world. O Radix Yesi. On the 20th, we pray, O Clavis David, O Key of David. It is the key that opens up heaven. It is the key that is there for us to open up eternal life. Shebna in the Old Testament was entrusted with a set of keys to open and close the doors of the temple. Whoever whatever whenever he opened, he had the authority to open. And when he closed, he had the authority to close. And this was spoken on behalf of the king. And it's the Lord Jesus who comes with the keys, giving them, of course, to Peter and to the church to be able to open and close. But he himself was the key that opens up the heavens. We cry out to him to enter into that place for which our hearts are made and for which we long. O Clavistavi. On the 21st, we pray, O Oriens, from the east, the one who comes from the east, the one who is light in the darkness, the one who in the midst of the darkness of the world comes to bring hope to us, comes to lift up our hearts. To assure us that God is not far from us, but He is intimately close. Just as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and it comes to pour out its heat and its rays upon us, so also the Lord comes. He comes from the east to bring light, to scatter our darkness, and to warm our hearts in the chill of a spiritual cold. O Oriens. O Rex Gentium, we pray on the 22nd. O King of the nations, King of the peoples. He is the Lord not just of a few. This Lord to whom we call out, and when we bid him to come, he comes not just for the people of Israel, not just for the kingdom of Judah, but for all nations. It is simply a reminder to us, this title, Rex Gentium, that he is the one who comes to save every single person, that not a single person exists in all of history or ever will exist who is not loved by the Lord and desired for the kingdom of heaven. Every last one the Lord desires. And he seeks to make it possible to be able to win us to himself, to call us home. And lastly, on the 23rd, O Emmanuel, God with us. The fact that God is not far from us, that he is attentive to us, that he is in fact with us always, even to the end of the age, and always has been in some mysterious manner. It is this encouragement that is given to us from on high. That we are not alone. That even the darkness, he is with us. No matter where we might go, there he is. Even if we are alone, we are not alone because he is with us. These words come together Sapientia, Adonai, Radexiesia, Clavis David, Oriens, Rex Gentium, emmanuel. And they should sound familiar as we sang the hymn this morning. O come, O come, Emmanuel! O come, wisdom from on high. O come, Lord of might. That beautiful hymn that we sing during the Advent time of the year is the cry of the people of God, the people of Israel of old and for us of new, longing for God to come and to fill us. Long for God to come and to be with us, to stay with us, to make his home with us. And when we cry out to the Lord, he is not deaf to our ear. He's not deaf to our cries. He he hears us and he responds. When we ask of things, he gives. And beautifully, the church reminds us of this too in the very text, if we are willing to see and if we speak a bit of Latin too. In, this, in these phrases, sapientia, adonai, radix yesi, clavis, david, oriens, rex gentium, Emmanuel. if you line them up and you go in inverse order, it says something back to us. And interesting that it's in inverse order because the Lord, the Lord came to us, a member of the, of the, the Hebrews, and if you know, the, the Hebrew language is spoken or it's read in reverse order from what we're used to. For the Jews, uh, the front of the Bible is for us the back cover. If you start on the front page, you're at the end and you read within in verse. And even on the page itself, you read from, from right to left rather than left to right, like we do in, in, in our, Roman, our Roman letters. And so it was the Jewish people whose, whose wording was, was lined up in, inverse, in the inverse order to what we would normally expect. And the same thing here. If we look at the 23rd and then 22nd and then 21st and going back, <clears throat> and then the letter is changed to Emmanuel, Rex Gentium, Oriens, Clavi, Stavi, Radex Jesse, Adonai, Sapientia. And the first letters of which form a nice little, a little acronym Aero Cross, which in Latin means tomorrow I'm coming. Tomorrow I'm coming. The people of God, we cry out from December the 17th through the 23rd, crying out, come Emmanuel, come O King, come O wisdom, come Lord. We we call out to him in these various titles, begging him to come to us, and as we're crying out, he's fulfilling the word that says, I hear you, and tomorrow I will be with you, I will come to you. I will stay with you, I'm in your flesh. All of this is contained in the, in the beautiful thing that is like a hidden gem in the life of the church. It's quietly there waiting for us to discover it, just the same as the Lord always does. All of us, I pray, pray at least, have the scriptures at home, a Bible. If you don't, feel free to go take one from the used book shelf on the back. I'm sure we got a handful. All of us have a Bible, but if we don't open the thing to read it, the Word doesn't speak. In the same manner, all of these things are set before us, but if we don't open our ears to hear, if we don't cry out to the Lord, we can't hear Him respond. We can't receive that, that affirmation of the longing of our hearts. And so this is the grace that we ask of our Lord today, that as we come in this, uh, this last, uh, last week, really, of the, of the season of Advent, that we might call upon the Lord that we would truly allow our hearts to to long for him, to desire for him. All of us have things which we know are not exactly as we would like them. We have things where we lament things of the past, lament things of the present, we have difficulties, we have struggles in this earthly life, we have crosses that we bear, illnesses that we bear, or those that we love bear, a whole variety of things that are not well, that are not perfect, that remind us we are not in heaven yet. And to all of those things, every last one, it's an invitation for us to turn to the Lord, to allow our hearts to cry out to Him in longing for His coming, and to know that He hears us, that He is coming, and He will come soon. Arrow Cross, on the 23rd, He speaks to us. And on the 24th, we celebrate the great feast the birth of a Savior who has come to bring us to heavenly joy.